0: Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability Podcast, personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello and thank you so much for joining us today. Our guest today is Erica Holthausen of Catchline Communications and her specialty is writing original content for prestigious business publications. Erica, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Cheryl. I'm so glad to be here. So I
0: always like to start just giving our audience a little bit about you are, and a little bit about your business, uh, an overview, and then we'll dig into the deepness of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So you already introduced me, Erica Holthausen, and basically what I do is I work with experts, um, primarily coaches and business consultants, to teach them how to select the right publication, pitch the publication, and write for high-visibility publications. So when I talk about high-visibility publications, I can mean either industry trade journals and association publications or big business Publication names like Inc., Entrepreneur, Forbes, Fast Company. So that is basically what I do with my business. And I live in New London, Connecticut. So I get to watch submarines come in and out of the Thames River, which is also kind of fun. Oh, wow. Nice.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's very relaxing just watching them kind of sell by.
1: It's very strange because they look like these, like seeing a sub in real life that's right. half half exposed over the water is just, they don't look like they should exist, but they're very cool.
0: (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. So I, I love our conversations and what you do. It's so unique. You're not talking about writing for the local um, town magazine that comes out quarterly. You're talking about writing to really get some visibility in these, these big, big business publication. So tell us a little bit about how you how you transitioned or how you you know where you were and how you got to this specialty cuz it is so
1: niche. Yeah, yeah, it really is niche. Um and it, you know like many of us the entire path was very twisty, very curvy, a couple of loop-de-loops thrown in there. I actually started my career as a litigation attorney in Boston. Um, but when I was in law school, I was what was called a Dillard Fellow. So, it was a fellowship that was offered to a certain number of us to basically help first-year law students learn how to do legal writing and legal research. And then in my third year, I was on the editorial I was on the editorial team for one of the journals. So, I've always written, but that was never something that I thought I would do professionally. And I never really considered myself a writer. Fast forward a few years after I left the law firm, I went into the nonprofit sector. And that was where I met my first editor. And it was for a a big fundraiser that we did for this nonprofit organization that was a decorator show house. So you had a big old house with maybe 30, 35 different rooms. And all of the interior designers designed those rooms because they were donating their time and their talent. We always held a press week the week before the house opened to the public, and that's where we'd invite invite the local magazines in and invite that kind of you know magazines and newspapers, all of those folks. Um, and they would interview folks, and that's how I met my first editor. And at one point, she said, "Oh, Erica, would you like to would you like to write for us?" And I, I kind of like looked around and I was like, "Oh, well, m- me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that was my first job writing for a, a magazine and she taught me everything I needed to learn. She really took me under her wing and taught me, you know, how do you write for publication? And then I got a bunch of assignments at first and then three months in she said, mm, yeah, you have to pitch me now. I had no idea how to how to pitch a publication. So I pitched and she said no. And I picked myself up off the floor. And (laughs) then she helped me figure out like, why that pitch didn't work, how to do a better pitch. So I pitched the next idea and that she said yes to. So she kept pushing me. And, And so I learned to do this. I learned to do this through her work. Oh yeah, what a great
0: mentor! Amazing. Like, I love mentor. Hearing those um, those stories of leadership and guidance, and you know, not always saying, "Oh yeah, Erica, that was good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. It's like really being direct because sometimes that's what we need. Like we need the slap in the face to <laughs> to to know that you know we can do better, or we can do different, or we can do whatever is needed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was sort of like getting my first article back was another, like, pick yourself up off the floor situation because it was so edited with so much like red lines all over the place. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm terrible. And wanted to crawl under a rock. And she was like, no, but it's really good. And, (laughs) you know, so again, that was this eye opening experience. And then she got me you know, she introduced me to a, a group that, and that was my first editing job. Right. So it was through working with her that I, that I learned all of these skills. And I've always, I've been a freelance editor and writer for over 15 years now. Typically on the side, some uh, there have been times that I was like, I'm going to be a freelance writer and earn my living this way. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so I've always done that on the side and also been working in um, marketing and advertising. And then a few years ago, I decided to go off on my own uh, again and start Catchline Communications originally I had intended to do, um, content marketing, but I was working with a coach and my coach, I I said to him at one point, Oh my God, I'm so over marketing. Um, and he said, well, that's, that's a really big problem if you're trying to, you know, build a content marketing business. So we talked about a client that I loved who I had worked with several years ago. Um, named Roger and he was an environmental health and safety management consultant. And we got, he had to learn that industry, right? I knew, I I knew nothing. I had no idea. I met literally met him on Twitter before Twitter was a dumpster fire. So, (laughs) (laughs) and he lived in Boston. I was just North of Boston at the time. And we actually met in, um, in Portland, Oregon. Okay. at a conference that we both happen to be at. And I get a text message from this guy and he's right behind me. Oh, so-,
0: wow. <laughs> so that just means that that meaning was meant to be right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we worked together for, um, a couple of years and it, it was, you know, about halfway through our working together. I knew from a colleague of mine that, that a publication that was specific to EHS, to environmental health and safety, was looking for writers. And I approached Roger with this idea and said, I I think you should do it. At the time, I didn't know why, but I knew that it was a really good opportunity for him to get right in front of the people that he really wanted to reach. So that was sort of the impetus for for what Catchline Communications is now and, you know, working with people to get them that kind of visibility and having all of it always track back to what are your goals for your business. Right. So I want to I want to
0: back up a little bit because, you know, the beginning of your story was law. Mm hmm. So, when you were pursuing that degree, what was what was your goal? Like, what did you want to originally do with that degree?
1: I was going to save the world, obviously. Um, on the Come on, <laughs> yeah. It was in middle school. <laughs> um, I read um, the man, "A Man for All Seasons," which uh, the play, and it's about, gosh, it's about Sir Thomas More and i fell in love with the idea of law as this thing that could kind of it was a very idealistic vision of law as well, this thing like romantic law oh yes oh yeah it was it was law as this thing that could like Bring us together as a community and society, and it was like all of this greatness. Um, and I became a hardcore Supreme Court watcher. I like I read The Brethren, which is by Bob Woodward. It's an amazing book about the Burger years of the Supreme Court. And I just and that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to. I wanted to be. <laughs> I literally wrote my essay for college admissions was to be the second woman on the Supreme Court of the United States. And right before I started college, we got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a much better choice. So (laughs) you never
0: know, right? Yeah, that's part of the journey. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like, you know, we're entrepreneurs, we're you know, we're goal seekers, we're creatives, where, you know, we get these visions and we just have that thing in us. Yeah. To push us forward. Yeah. And I love, I, you know, pivot is always a big word that comes up too. I love that <laughs> you, you saw that opportunity and you just went with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's sort of that whole, follow your curiosity idea. Like, oh, this sounds interesting. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Like I have no regrets about going to law school about, eh, I regret the student loans a little bit, but I don't have any regrets about getting that education and what it brings to the work I do now and how it has helped me become a better researcher and thinker.
0: Right. And that's the thing, like so many people think, well, we just made this decision to do this. Well, no, everything that came before was necessary to prepare us to do what we're doing now or to take that leap of faith. Like we need that, you know, the education, the knowledge, the experience Mm -hmm. in order to move into this
1: thing that's called entrepreneurship. Yeah. 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 And that's I think so much of that, too, is for entrepreneurs, there's this like if you put me in a box, I'm going to fight you. I I just I don't do well in a box, Um, especially if it's a box of somebody else's creation, because if it's my own box, then I can be like, yeah, I think I'm going to like bust out this wall. Um, (laughs) and, And I think that I think there's this certain there's a certain hard wiring, and I have no evidence that this is true or not. But I, I it, it's this gut. But you'll live by it anyway. I'll right? totally live by it until I'm proven otherwise. Um, <laughs> but there is sort of this hard wiring. Like, do you fit within within these other constraints, or do you want to be constantly evolving? I mean, if if right, the only full-time forever job that I could ever see accepting is one that doesn't exist. If a college or university hired me to be a full-time professional student and I could go to school and learn all the things all and the time. And not
0: come out with any debt. Right. And no, no, they're paying me. Oh, they're paying you. Okay. Oh, yes. It's this is bad. why it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That, But that's what I would do because then I could, I could learn about all of the things that make me curious and right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that vast curiosity yeah and I think that's that's a similarity with a lot of entrepreneurs is we, we like to learn and evolve and, and and like crack the code and figure things right. out and go oh okay this is here's another way that I can do this
0: right and that's I you know to be an entrepreneur you have to have a passion for whatever it is you're doing and I think that's where the passion comes. Um, it's passion plus curiosity yeah yeah. And, and I know for me, I'll speak for myself. I love what I do every day. Like, so,
1: so you don't really work. Yeah. I mean, it's work,
0: but it's not work.
1: Yeah. It's a different kind of work. We, we, we so often, we so often think that hard is bad. Hard is awesome. Like (laughs) there's a reason people climb mountains. It's because it's hard and they want to push themselves and challenge themselves. Same thing with with the work that we can do. If we embrace the part that's hard, but also really great and really challenges us and really makes us think deeply about what it is we're trying to do it's so much more satisfying than just skating along the surface of stuff because the world does not need any more skaters on the surface and the world does not need any more like surface level information. We're, we're good. We got that. Um. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I love that. You know, I, I saw this picture and I love that, that vision that you created in my head. It, yeah. So yeah it's- put, But so, so pertinent.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's the stuff like I'd much latter, rather like go spelunking, like let's check out this cave, than just like ice skating is lovely, but you know, it's just going to stay on the surface of the water. I want to know what's below. I want to know what's underneath that. And the more I understand whatever it is that we're digging into, the more we understand that, the better we are able to explain it to others, to serve right. others, to make that difference that we want to make, which is why we do what we do.
0: Right. It's like the tip of the iceberg. You know, so many people talk about the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Is s- such a small percentage of what's under the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Or that is, is where the, you know, the meat is where all the good stuff is.
1: It, yeah. I mean, to use a mining analogy. Like that's where the gold is. The gold is not exactly. like hanging out up here. It's like all the good stuff is you got to dig in.
0: Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So, explain to us a little bit about like who you like to work with. Is there, is there a specific um, picture you can paint for us about who, who that ideal client is?
1: Yeah. So I mostly work with business coaches and consultants um, in part because that is, that has been my world. Most of my career is I have been a consultant. Um, So I know consultants. I love consultants. They're fun and smart. So those tend to be my people, but really it's anybody who wants to work on their personal brand, who wants to step up onto that bigger stage, who has something that they really want to share with a broader audience and they're interested in, in doing that by writing. So writing is not everybody's cup of tea, which I totally get. Um, But those who are either, either already enjoy writing or are writing curious, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can always become better at it. And that's really, that's really who I work with to help them figure out where they're going to write articles and how they're going to use those articles to build their business. Um, so that's, that's another, you know, one of the big things that I always focus on. It's very easy to choose a publication because it's a publication that you like, but that publication may not be the right one to help you accomplish the goals that you have. So always bringing it back to that strategy with, okay, what are the goals for your business? What are you trying to do here? What is the point of undertaking this, this, you know, journey to publishing articles?
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, how do you decide what is the right outlet yeah. for what you're writing? And I'm sure as you're writing and creating the content,
1: you have that, that outlet in mind. Well, you should have your strategy first with what your goals are. Then you have the outlet in in mind, and then you write the article to that's tailored to that. So part of like how you choose what is the right outlet? Because that feels so counterintuitive. It feels like, well, but I read ink.com all the time. Why not just write for them Um, or like Forbes or, you know, whoever it is, but I always talk about, I talk with my clients about setting up filters. So the more you know what you want to do with the articles, the better you can create this filter to filter down different publications. So you can choose the ones that actually help. So for example, um, let's say that you are, you want to write for some, you want to be able to interview other people either in your field or clients and Uh, other folks that just intrigue you and you want to be able to profile them in the articles that you write. That's a great filter because some publications let you do that. Inc. is perfectly happy having you interview other people and incorporate those interviews into your articles entrepreneur is not. They will let you quote a, um, a household name expert but they won't let you profile somebody. So that's a filter that says oh okay now I thought I wanted this publication but that pu- this publication doesn't do that. These publications do. okay now I'm looking at this smaller subset and then you might ask you know are is is one of your goals to be able to promote a webinar series for example then you're going to be looking for, publications that allow you to have a bio at the end of every single article that you write and a link back to something. So in that case, Forbes does let you do that. Inc. and Entrepreneur do not. They have just an author page. So you set up all of these different filters to figure out what are the best publications. And once you have your small list of publications that will actually help you reach your goals, you're then evaluating those publications for voice and tone. And does this fit with who I am? Does this reflect my brand well? Is it getting to my right audience So that's, so there's a whole bunch of filters that go into selecting those right publications.
0: Yeah. So it's not as simple as it may sound initially, right? Yeah. I mean, and you have that in-depth knowledge of what fits in what publication.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a big part of that is I wish every publication had their like contributor guidelines, very clear and obvious, but they don't. Um, right. So knowing where to find th- those contributor guidelines or right. knowing what those are, and sometimes they don't exist at all. So then it's knowing, you know, okay, which publications are even worth pitching and it's figuring out what their what their rules are so that you know if it fits a filter or not. Right. And sometimes you won't know for sure and and that's okay. But then it's also knowing that you're just going to, you know, you're going to pitch them your idea, and you you don't you don't pin your hopes and dreams on that pitch. Um, <laughs> so you have other things in the works that can also be there to support it.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite a process. And, yeah. and then yeah, and then I guess then the writing of the content has to be in a format that they'll
1: accept. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the next piece, too. And that's, you know, once you've selected the publication, it's like this is the one I want to go after reading that publication. And, and when I say publication, most of the time, what I mean for um, for those of us who are writing for these as business owners, you're writing for their online version. Like, Every once in a while, you might be able to get into their print publication, but that is dominated by their staff writers and freelancers. Right. So, what they really need are folks for for their websites. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: A lot, I, I'm guessing a lot of publications. Like, the, how many hard copy? How many how many publications are actually printed these days? I'm I'm guessing
1: online is more prevalent. Well, here's why online is more prevalent. And here's why we even have this opportunity. Um, because 15 years ago, we weren't get, getting into these publications. The, um, the the magazine world relies very heavily on advertising revenue. And when the advertising revenue moved from print to digital, suddenly all of their, basically their business model had to really, really adjust and adjust quite quickly. A lot of magazines never did adjust. There are a lot of publications I used to write for that don't exist anymore because they didn't realize that this newfangled internet thing was actually going to stick around. Um, it's <laughs> this, bit, right. right, Yeah. And, and they didn't, they, they just like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of an old school mentality in magazines and publications. And I, I, I appreciate that. I'm somebody who has like physical books. So I,
0: Oh yeah. I want to hold the book.
1: In my I want to hold it. Yes. I subscribe to like actual magazines. I, I love them. So, um, you know, so when all of the advertising revenue moved online, online advertising revenue is directly related to website traffic. Website traffic is directly related to search engine optimization. For good SEO, you need a ton of content and it has to be original and it has to keep on coming. So all of a sudden, these these publications could not survive as business entities if they had to pay their staff writers and freelancers what they would need to pay them in order to create the content that they needed. So you have publications over here, they have a huge need for content that is unmet And then you have experts over here who would love to be affiliated with this and have something valuable to share with the publication's readership. So it ends up being a a perfect match. It's a win for the publications because they get the content they need. It's a win for business owners, consultants, coaches, executives who are working on their personal brand, because they get published in these amazing publications. And it's a win for the readers because they're hearing directly from the experts.
0: Right? Wow. I never, I I never thought of it from that perspective. But yeah, it makes
1: total sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those weird things that just like, I didn't clock it at first. And it was like, Oh, of course.
0: It's, it's another one of those changes to the the digital age we're in. Right? Yeah. 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 So Erica just share with our audience how they can get in touch with you, how they can find you.
1: Yeah. So, um, my website is catchlinecommunications.com so you can find all the things right there. I am also a huge fan of LinkedIn so please connect with me there. That would be a lot of fun. And yeah, that's the best way to to get
0: in touch. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I, you know, I always learn something new in every every episode here, so I hope our audience does as well and reaches out to you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I I can talk about this stuff forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. it's Well, it's so fat. I mean, it's so fascinating, even it's not my field, but
1: yeah. But when you're passionate about it, just like, I know you can talk about your stuff forever, which is just, it it just (laughs) makes it so much more fun. (laughs)
0: Yes. Well, thank you, Erica.
1: My pleasure, Cheryl. Thank you.
0: So to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found value in all that Erica shared with us. I know I got a lot out of it, Uh, a whole different world for me. Um, Find all of our episodes at pathways to profitability.com and uh, hope you enjoy. Have a great day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today?